All right, welcome to Old School, everybody. We got a full panel this time around. Mark Thompson, Jane Huger, look at this, Matt Walsh. Okay, fun for everybody. Brett Ehrlich, so Matt, Brett reminded me of this before we got started. So you were in the movie Old School. I was. And now you're in the show. On a show called Old School, and I played a character named Walsh, I believe, in Old School. Oh, I think my character's name was Walsh. <laughs> uh, I think so. And today, yeah. Just so let me know when we're going streaking, okay? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm sure. Have you ever streaked? Uh, yes. You did? Uh, really? In fact, wow. somebody took a picture of it. So really? That, when you have that treat to look forward to <laughs> one day when he Can finds it. Can I ask it what age you were? Uh, yes, uh, I was uh, 29. Okay. No, I'm wow. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. No, no, no. That would be premium content. Yeah, yeah 48. That's how old I was. No, that's what uh, I was in college. I was, I was uh, 19, I think, because yeah. I was in college and yeah. I played rugby. Uh, so oh. that's a fun story. So, welcome to Old School, everybody. You know, we're just talking about nonsense. That's what we do on this show. Uh, and it is sponsored by shoptyt.com. Uh, where you have too strong Ilhan Omar. Okay, and Batman shirt, Young Turks, shoptyt.com. Okay, so. Uh, when you play rugby, it is um, it's a rough sport. Like it, it, I went to the emergency room once with a giant bleeding gash on my face, and and with a couple other players. And uh, the first nurse that greeted me was said, "Oh, so the rugby game's over." Like every Sunday, wow. I think it was Sundays that we played. Every Sunday we would come in and yeah. they'd be two or three guys go to the hospital, etc. And so, but it, that was not the rough part. <laughs> the rough part was the drinking and the insanity. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to tell you stories that are uh, dangerous. Okay, so earmuff the kids. Good. They're crazy stories. So now that it starts out relatively uh, normal with streaking. So apparently the tradition was, who knows if any of this is true, but that's what we were told. When you score your first try, that's the equivalent of a touchdown in rugby. Mm -hmm. You're at the end of the game, they say you're supposed to go streaking. You go running around the whole field and come back. Do people in the stands leave first or is this yeah. in front this of This is them? after the locker room and stuff. Yeah, no, no, like back then there was like no, no lines. Fans. Oh, okay. Right, no, it, it was it was nice. Were there fans for the games? So, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> the snow was the best part yeah. of that. So, no. No. Uh, so, I mean, a couple of people would show up sometimes, like, yeah. you know, girlfriends, girlfriends parents, family, family uh, the. The women's rugby team played after us. They would show up near the end, right? So stragglers, yeah. uh, but so okay. So I scored in, in one of the ga early games, and they're like, "All right, you go, go, run, let's go streaking!" Right? I'm like, I got a busy day tomorrow. I got Bed Bath and Beyond. I can't really do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they, of course they say you got to. So uh, well, peer pressure. What are you gonna do? Yeah, sure. So I took off all my clothes and I ran. Did you get any drinks in you before you did this task? No, because no. back then I was not drinking. Okay. Okay, so I went to college and originally I didn't. So you were the one guy in the rugby team who didn't drink? <laughs> exactly. For real? Was there anybody well, else on the team who no didn't way, drink? Oh, no way. No way. In fact, that's going to play into the story and save me a little bit, Great. a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. Great. So um, so I, I run around the field and the captain of the team had broken his arm. Of course, because we're playing rugby. Okay, so, but he was taking pictures that day and he sees me streaking. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. So he <laughs> takes a picture of me as I'm streaking. That picture is somewhere, okay? And uh, and so I finally get yeah, and I put my clothes back on. And by the way, he brought in the picture, like, I don't know, the week after or something. Right? Back then you had to develop it, yeah. right? And then and bring it in. Uh, and he caught me at just the right time. And I like he was, and I was like, right? <laughs> uh, but the way that it came out, it's like trick photography. I look gigantic, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I keep thinking, when are you going to put that on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> okay, don't do that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Anyway, but if you want to, <laughs> no, it's a no. free internet. Uh, so no, then um, uh, they're like, okay, now time for uh, anal boot chucks. Wait, what? I'm like, what? Wait, wait. Okay, streaking was one thing, but what the? F you had me at anal. Anal yeah. boot chug. <laughs> sure. Well, they're like, well, there's of course the regular boot chug, <laughs> where you 
pour the beer into your uh, no. cleats. No, into okay. Your, okay. That's the boot. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. That's weird of you. Why okay. would you pour it right, into your mouth? <laughs> the boot meaning your cleat that you were wearing, yeah, or is yeah. it a no, no. Universal boot that gets no, dusted no, no, off no. after every game. <laughs> no, okay, first of all, I'd like to know for the record, weirdo thinks you drink beer just into your mouth. Okay, uh, no, so I thought, oh no, into my cleats? They're like, no, not into your cleats, into his cleats, okay? And it's some wow. like, look, our forwards were like big burly guys as rugby, right? Yeah. And so, and just to make themselves more nasty, before the game, they'd rub garlic and onions all over themselves. Because there's a lot of scrums in rugby, oh, yeah. and so when you go into the scrum, they want the other people team to be physically repulsed, yeah, right? Sure. And like off their game. So that got the biggest, ugliest, and it, believe it or not, it was not actually me. I came in second, uh, <laughs> and then like sweatiest dude, and they're like, "All right, we're doing boot chugs." That's also a tradition. I'm like, "Oh, guys, what a, what a break!" <laughs> As it turns out, I don't drink. Okay, now the real reason I didn't drink back then was because I was such a dork and a nerd that I thought it killed brain cells. Mm -hmm. Later, I realized I don't really need them, right? Yeah, and you know <laughs> like, what else kills brain cells? Rugby. <laughs> That's yeah. A, yeah. a very fair point. And Good so, point. Uh, but later I took an introduction to Islam class, and for like a year, I was slightly Muslim with lots of cheating, right? But so when they asked me though, and at the time, I'm not really doing it because I'm Muslim, I'm doing it because I'm a dork. Uh, but it was, but I really didn't drink. So, I'm, and they're like, why don't you drink? Oh, we don't believe you bullshit, everybody drinks. You're playing rugby, come on, drink. And I'm like, I'm Muslim. And they're like, ah, oh, shit, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, you can't mess with that. And then so they got the other guy who had scored a try to do a boot chug. And then they said, okay, now let's have real fun, the anal boot chug. So the anal boot chug is you pour it down a guy's back through his butt into the other guy's cleat. Oh my and then, God. then you drink it, then you drink it. <laughs> Did somebody actually do that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it really, I, it wasn't I saw dozens of anal wow. boot chugs is it, is in it, my rugby career. Wow. Is it weird that that's not as bad as it sounded? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely weird. Wait a that's minute, way weirder like, than no, him drinking beer. To, just you said, oh yeah, yeah. I <laughs> thought it was good because originally you said you'd put it in your right, mouth. like when people butt chug. Yes, Robitussin oh. or something like that, right? Yeah. They actually funnel stuff into their rectum. Oh right, right. That's well, what it sounded like, right? That's what I was waiting yeah. for. Yeah, wow. I'm just happy that that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, here, here. <laughs> so I feel like every part of my life was traumatic, but I was like a weird, happy-go-lucky guy, and so I never got traumatized by anything. I was just like, oh, okay, okay, hey, say no blue jack time, okay. But I, like I said, I skated out of that one. Are any of those rugby animals like? Librarians or anything shocking? Oh, you're <laughs> gonna love this story. Or like, oh city my God. planners. There's so <laughs> no, 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 Something better mundane, way better. Okay, so there's so many great rugby stories that I've forgotten. Good. So first, uh, now we 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 went to Penn. Okay, so it's an Ivy League school, and and I was in Wharton. Okay, the business school. You have an undergrad department there. So uh, now when I played football in high school. I was, let's say that my SAT scores, well here, I'll give you a sense of it. And it sounds like our unbearable bragging, so bear with me for one second if you can. Uh, I was the middle linebacker, my SAT score was higher than the two outside linebackers. Uh, they were twins. Combined? The yes, combined, combined, <laughs> wow. combined, okay. Wow. So I didn't really fit in on the football team. Yeah. So I assumed, I guess subconsciously, that the rugby team would be the same. Bunch of knuckleheads who rub garlic all over themselves and drink beer from their asses, okay. so. So I'm in Professor Ramaswamy's class, and he's finance 101. And if you go to Wharton, you gotta take finance, right? But I actually don't wanna take finance, I don't like that. I like entrepreneurial management, I like marketing, although I find those interesting. And Professor Ramaswamy's a monster, okay? So he's flying through slides, like there's no way you can keep up. And he, and he would put it in a slide and be super complicated, and I'm not good at it. And he'd be like, are you with me, baby, are you with me, baby? Okay, that was his tagline, and every slide he'd be like, "Are you with me, baby?" And I was like, "I was never with you. I was you lost me on the slide one." So anyway, I need a study group, and nobody will do it with me, right? And so I see the two two knuckleheads from the from the rugby team. In fact, the, the boot guy is in is in the class, 
And I'm like, okay, guys, you wanna do a study group together? And I'm thinking, like, I'm already hurt, and there's no way these idiots are gonna know anything. Like, we're so screwed. We get into the study group, they're geniuses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, they're super bright. Like, way smarter than me, <laughs> like, miles smarter than me. And they're like, how are you not with him, baby? And I'm like, <laughs> what? So after the study group, I got so depressed, I dropped out of the class. I like halfway through it, I was like, I literally, I remember before the midterms, I went to Professor Ramaswamy, I was like, I'm done. I, I submit, okay, <laughs> tap out. And he's like, you can't, it's too late. I'm like, I'm gonna convince another professor. He's like, good luck, you got 24 hours to convince another professor to take you into his class halfway through the semester. Otherwise, you're gonna do that midterm, and it sounds like you're gonna fail. Jesus, <laughs> right? yeah. And I found a professor who took me into labor management, thank God. Anyway, so it turns out the guys are actually really smart. They go to Penn, they're really bright. Yeah. And so then they didn't get in like Trump, they actually earned it. So many, many years later, I'm I'm reading the big short and it has a name in there. I'm like, that name sounds really familiar. What do I know that guy? No, it's probably just a common name, right? Greg, whatever, right? And then I was like, oh, they he described him. Slicked his hair back and had wild, crazy eyes. And it triggered it for me. I'm like, oh my God, that's Greg from the rugby team. <laughs> so he is um, Ryan Gosling's character really? in Big Short. Wow. I played rugby with that guy. Really? And and so the fact that he was an insane rugby player helped him. He's one of the guys who shorted the market. And everybody's like, Greg, you're crazy. What are we? You're gonna you're right, and the whole rest of the market is wrong. He's like, goddamn right, it's true. Like Ryan didn't actually play him. Like if you know Greg, that was not Ryan is way too calm in that movie. I yeah. said Ryan like I know him, right? But <laughs> yeah, he's super intense, dude. He was such a rugby guy. So no, they weren't librarians or whatever. But that he he made he got a fifty million dollar bonus from that year when he shorted oh, the market at Deutsche Bank. Genius and. Uh, and he sued Deutsche Bank for because the bonus was not large enough. He's like, wow. he's like, look, I made two billion dollars for you guys by shorting. Fifty million is nothing. Is nothing. Wow. Okay. And he and he had the courage to sue them because one day he drank beer out of someone's butt. <laughs> now, so that I don't get sued, I don't remember the actual. You could read the Big Short or you could watch the Big Short. I don't remember if it was exactly fifty million and exactly two billion. And I'm not saying Greg did the anal boot chugs. I'm saying the team did the anal boot chugs. I don't Wait know. Okay. You just said Greg the anal boot chug. Guy. That's my favorite disclaimer. No, no, how is no. that not saying that Greg did the anal boot chug? No, 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 no. I I said the guy in my study group. Oh, okay. Sounded like you said he did it. And he was not, they all did it. But maybe exception of Greg, I don't know. Okay, but that guy, it was his boot that we used. Oh, And it might have been his ass that we used. Oh, Jesus. Well, you certainly left yourself some room. I just like the power of peer pressure that makes everybody walk that line. Like everybody on the team drank butt juice. Yeah. <laughs> Every person on the team. Yeah, yeah. Minus one. Minus one. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I for religious reasons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did follow through because, it, like I said, one year I did actually become slightly more religious. So I actually uh, uh, was fasting on a day that we were playing a game because it was Ramadan. So I didn't drink at all, like water. You're not supposed to eat. You're not supposed to drink water. You're not supposed to do anything, right? Um, so. They, when I really, they saw me not drinking, not eating the whole day, oh. and after the game, no, no water, nothing. Mm. They're like, oh, okay, he was Muslim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bullshit. When you were Muslim, did you do the prayers five times a day? Oh, that's a great story. But by the way, I like how we have Matt Walsh up. I haven't asked him a single question. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we'll get to you, Matt. Yeah, we'll get to you, Matt. Like right? The Muslim <laughs> butt chugger right now. We gotta talk about that. Sure. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, so now, Turks will get mad at me, but they know it. Uh, Turks like to cheat in, in religion, right? Because they're like, you're not supposed to drink in Islam, but they're Turks. They want to drink, mm -hmm. right? And so they love raka, and they have their beers, they have their different drinks. And anyway, so uh, they do drink, but they don't drink during Ramadan. Okay, now is that a real rule in Islam? Nope, totally made up. 100% made up. Uh, you're not supposed to drink ever, right? Uh, but the Turkish rule is. I would drink 11 months out of the year, but when it's Ramadan, 
Now we don't drink. <laughs> and I've been in Turkey drinking during Ramadan because then I became an atheist. It's like my Irish buddies who don't drink during Lent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like, and I remember somebody in Turkey once yelled at me because I was drinking drinking during Ramadan. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. I'm like, dude, who are you kidding? <laughs> I'm like, did you drink last month? And he's like, yeah, of course. I said, you know, in the Quran, it says that you're never supposed to drink. So shut up. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Dick, because so then I become slightly more Muslim because I had this great Irish professor who taught me how great Islam was. And then, but I, so I got into the book, so I started reading it more, Quran, and I was like, Oh, he did. Professor O'Brien didn't teach us this, and Professor O'Brien didn't teach us that, and that's how I became atheist. Because you read the Quran, it'll make you atheist real quick, okay? But that also applies to the Bible. I was like, well, look, I'm gonna give it a real chance. Maybe the Muslims got it wrong. Let me go read the Bible. Whew, read the Old Testament. You'll never believe in religion again. Okay, so crazy stuff. I like the fact that the Islam professor's name is Mr. O'Brien. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so, so the five times a yeah, day. Yeah. So well, you're supposed to pray five times a day, including in the morning, like at f I'm like five or five thirty in the morning. Ain't no way. I say I don't care, God, whatever. I'm not getting up at five in the morning. Okay, so now we're at four like, times a day. You're thinking? Right. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I came up with a perfectly Turkish rule. I was like, okay, how about if we pray one time a day, and it's like at a reasonable hour, and but I do the prayer five times, so that's what I would do. That almost makes sense. That makes sense, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you like finish it? Did because like did you have like a rug and everything? No, no, no. Because like it would be funny if you did the you put the rug out and then you. Roll it, finished and rolled it back up. Five times. Run back out <laughs> yeah. like reps. Like no, really, reps. of course, there's a wide variety of Turks. But the, the Turks I grew up with were very secular, from the city, very educated, etc. So, like, there are no rugs that were rolling. They out, just look right. east and go, like, stop. And yeah. Then they go right back. So, no, look, you're supposed to be clean when you pray. So, I'm like, what are you, what are you supposed to shower five times a day? Dude, this thing is mental, right? So, and so, uh, no, I, when I showered, I'm clean. And the prayer I used, I don't know if it was the right prayer, but it was like the like the most common prayer. And it's like it's just like, oh, there's no God but one God, and his messenger is Muhammad, right? Uh, it's it, anyway. Uh, I don't want to like in the old days I used to make more fun of Islam, but now because of the right wing, I feel bad because they're actually. And look at this, I've got a Muslim on my shirt, right? Uh, like, but in the old days, it wasn't as divisive, and it wasn't, and so I could just be honest about. The culture I came from, and I wrote this thing back in 2005 called "Why I Love Santa Claus," and 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 I you know and I talk about when you go to a mosque, which I went to like three times in my life. Everybody takes off their shoes to be clean. It didn't turn out that way. Like when you're praying, and then you go down, and some dude's sweaty socks are next to your nose. Disaster. Best invention by churches and by Christianity ever is benches. Like <laughs> separating people's feet, from yeah. Stinky feet from yeah. No, because it's not just the stinky feet. You have to kneel the whole time. Oh, and the starts, kneeler. Yeah, it's yeah. killing your legs. Yeah. And you're like, I'm like, like if you want people to stay in your mosque in your religious building, give them benches. Give them <laughs> benches, right? Yeah. I think that was on the sixth day. God was let them have benches. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, anyway, um, so it was a quick prayer to go back to that. And so and we're done. <laughs> I spent a month in Turkey when I was 21. I went to school in Austria for a year, and then in the semester, the month between semesters, me and my roommate, who was a Japanese kid, went down. To uh, Turkey and just traveled around and had a blast. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, this is crazy because I went to like Pamukkale and Ephesus and we went inland. And of course, people tried to sell me carpets in Istanbul and we went and saw the gorgeous relic. It's a fascinating, beautiful country. Yeah, what did you learn? Okay, let me ask you this way. Well, this is how old I am. This would have been, the year would have been 85, let's say January of 85. So that's so I'm a young man then. 30s, 40 years ago, let's say, and uh, it was great. It was really cool. The one thing that was different is at night, I noticed there was like women just disappeared. This is many years ago, but literally the streets were just filled with men. And the other thing I noticed, great. The, it was just different. <laughs> and then the other thing I noticed is like fashion was like a suit coat like this 
and then anything underneath. T-shirt, <laughs> no shirt. Oh my God, I thought yeah. I invented that. I know. It turns out I was just Turkish. <laughs> <That's a good thing. laughs> this is just my observations okay, there. Yeah. I'm dusting off. Yeah. Uh, That's a thing around here though. But also the wears, insanity. He wears the, the blazer with yeah, t-shirt yeah. yeah. No, we went to a TYT get together in Detroit and Anna, I think it was Anna, looked around and she's like, oh my God, they're all wearing t-shirts and a blazer like you. What have you done? Now, when we were now I feel like this is an observation from many years ago. <laughs> so, but now I could feel be, be like, whoa, 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 be cool. That's my yeah. culture. Yeah, that's right. that's my but heritage. the best thing is like because it's antique, you know, the end, culture of antiquity. Like you just stumble into like being in Rome. You just you're you're nowhere outside of Istanbul. I couldn't even tell you where I was. And you like you see like the Temple of Artemis. Yeah, it's one of the seven wonders of the world. And there's no like flashing signs. Just it's just littered with history. You find uh, Mary Magdalene's, not Mary Magdalene, supposedly Jesus, Virgin Mary's birth house is yeah. in Turkey. Yeah, that's right. We stumbled yeah. on it. Like just tons yeah. of moments like that. It's like, wow, it's really, that's what I loved about Turkey is it's just littered with, obviously Ephesus is a great city that they're recreating and archeological digs are constantly going on, but there was just littered with stuff like that. And obviously the blue mosque and the fact that it changed over so many times, Christian, Muslim, like. It's just littered with history. That's what I loved about Turkey. Yeah, 100% right. I mean, that's exactly my uh, experience with too. So and I'm smoking and tea. 100%. The other thing, somebody's either rocking a cigarette or a cup of tea or offering you a cup of tea. Oh, yeah. 100%. They're yeah. drinking tea Non-stop. all the way on, until they get to alcohol at night. <laughs> <laughs> but like Turks love liquids. So tea, 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 rocker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but you're 100%. Like, so I grew up only till I was eight in Turkey. Then I grew up in New Jersey. So I'm mainly a Jersey guy, culturally, etc. So when I go back to Turkey, I'm going back in this weird thing where I'm like, and American culturally, but I happen to speak Turkish, I am Turkish. So other Turks won't even realize I'm Turkish because I'll be wearing some loud outfit or whatever when I was younger. Uh, yeah, picture. I remember one guy in the Grand Bazaar uh, saying something about my sister as we were walking by. And then somebody was like, hey, what if they're Turkish? And he's like, look at that uh, gay guy in the pink shirt. There's no way he's Turkish, <laughs> right? And, uh, and I was like, uh, actually, I'm not gay. I said in Turkish, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> right?" And I'm like, "You know, you should be sorry, even if I didn't catch you." Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so but back then we go to Ephesus and those yeah. places, and and Massa billion percent right. Pamukkale is the phosphorus fountain with the steps. Yep, that was yep. Built out of springs. it's like a white mountain. Yeah. It's almost like out of Game of Thrones. Yeah, and so <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Steps of hot bubbling water that were just formed naturally that keep bubbling up through this one spring. And because it's calcium or phosphorus, it forms these little like seashell pools and it's gorgeous. It's, it's insane, it's beautiful. Oh, wow. So we're walking around one day uh, and we're trying to, like they say there's this one of the seven, Turkey is two out of the seven wonders of the world, okay? And so- Temple of Artemis. And, and then the mausoleum, King Mausoleum's Mausoleum. Is that really yeah. King, King Mausoleum? Mausoleum is his name? I don't know. If I said anything wrong about King, King Mausoleum, it's Mausoleum. That's too good to be true. There's no way that's true. It's more likely that Greg did the butt chuck. Anyway. So anyway, look that up, Craig. So but the original Mausoleum, whatever yeah. thing, right? And so that one, that was clearly labeled. We go there, It's in, I think it's around boardroom, and you're like, oh, okay, oh, that's super cool. And there's little caves, we went into a little cave, and bats flew out, we're like, Oh, wow. Fun for everybody. Temple of Artemis, we're trying to find it. Yeah. And you're like walking around, we're like, where the hell is it? And some villager, because there's cows and they're, yeah. you know, and they're crapping in the middle of the fields. And you're, and some villager, and again, I speak Turkish, so I'm like, Abi, where's Temple of Artemis? He's like, you're in the Temple of Artemis. I was like, what? And I looked around, there's like one tiny sign that mm-hmm. says, by the way, Temple yeah. of Artemis. One of the seven ancient wonders of the world. And you're like, oh, right, there's the column. And there's we a literally yeah. stumbled. I think we were going home to our hostel and they bumped into a sign. It's crazy. <laughs> and, and so Turkey is so undervalued, it's unbelievable because it's not like now it's 99% Muslim. And I think people have a view of like, it's a little bit in Europe, it's a little Mediterranean, but it's mainly Muslim, I think is the popular perception. It's hard for me to tell because I'm Turkish. but. 
But no, most of Turkey is Roman, Greek, Byzantine, Sumerian, Hittite, all those cultures. Because mm -hmm. it was in the center of the world, that's where civilization mm -hmm. began. So uh, Lycian, was a, there was a huge empire back then, a lot of the ruins are from the Lycian Empire. And so that's why the Greeks have always thought, no, no, that's ours, right? That's why right? <laughs> there's a couple of wars over that. Uh, and I hear you, I hear you, but no. Um, so anyways, uh, so in, like we'll go to a, a, a cove in, in, in southern Turkey, in the Mediterranean, and you'll look down and there'll be an ancient city underneath you. Yeah. The water's crystal clear, you can see, you're like, wait, those look like steps. Oh my God, that's a Roman column. Oh my God, there's a whole city here. Not labeled, yeah. No one like if it was America, they'd be like, "Oh my God, ancient city under the water. You right. can walk in it." Well, they do that <laughs> in like LA. They're like, "This is seventy years old." It's mm -hmm. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. In America, would be selling tickets inside yeah. an hour. Elvis you know? Presley. Oh, somebody would have bought the concession. The whole thing, you know, the rights would have been sold already. Yeah. Oh, 100%. There'd be neon flashing signs. Yeah. I mean, you, there's a there's two mountain Olympuses, one in Greece and one in Turkey. And uh, and there's an eternal fire in, in Mount Olympus. It's, uh, and so there's, I've told this story at least once before about the neighboring town. But Mount Olympus is amazing. You just, and there's no guards, there's no nothing. I mean, don't try to take the artifacts because if they do catch you at the airport, you're in a world of trouble, okay? But outside of that, right, people mm -hmm. are stepping on stuff and like these amazing looking ruins. No nothing, no guards, nothing, right? Nobody's making money. It's crazy in America. We like we yeah. It is monetize every inch of it. With antiquities, it's crazy. That's exactly how I felt too. Like you just bump into stuff, and it's so old, and it's so, like you said, as an American, like you can't believe it. Yeah, if it was in the valley, people would lose their mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that like idea of Mount Olympus being in the valley. There's a Mount Olympus like development in oh, yeah. Laurel Canyon. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. There yeah. is a Mount right Olympus there. in the that's valley. That's the third Mount Olympus. Yeah, the third I'm, from, right. I'm from the valley, and the yeah, and they basically say all the westerns that were shot there to mimic things that are old in America because like you know I'm from Simi Valley, and they're like that's where they shot Little House on the Prairie, and here's where Ronald Reagan shot his westerns. But that's it. But I was in Ephesus. I did a trip. To, oh, I did a cruise. Sure. Which is like the purest form of tourism. Yeah. And you get off the cruise, and there was a guy whose job it is to drive you around. Who's oh my god. Just not interested. Did he try to sell you Roman coins? That was the other thing. Somebody yeah. tried to sell me Roman coins. Yeah, he had news for you. They're not Roman. I know. <laughs> I, didn't buy, I didn't buy carpet. And I didn't buy Roman. I was a student at the time. <laughs> Were they convincing? They looked. Yeah, they looked old and hammered, and I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're in the back, the Ali's. Right. Like, Gosh, Twenty minutes ago, they made them. Yeah. 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 And the other insanity of Greece is like the bus system. Like when when you go to a bus depot. People are competing, this is a long time ago, for your business. So you're just getting assaulted by guys who want to put you on their bus. So you're like, bye bye, like, oh, wait, where are you going? Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, the old time board of trade when people are just shoving fingers and going, two, <laughs> two, three, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going, like, Ephesus, Ephesus, two dollars, one dollar. I'm like, I don't, what? What? Yeah. This is where I want to go. How much? You know? But on the other hand, this is also. Uh, when I was in Ephesus, so same exact thing. But we wound up and we were backpacking through Europe, me and my friends from high school. We went through Spain and Italy, et cetera. We get to Turkey and we're in Ephesus and we got there really late at night and we didn't have any hotel to stay in. There's no internet back then, right? And so we're like, oh, Jesus. And a guy at the bus stop says, you guys need a hotel. And I think, okay, all right, here we go. Yeah. We're gonna get robbed, right? And no, he takes us, he doesn't even have a cab. He walks us to a hotel, he carries two of the backpacks. Oh. Okay, and then we get there and I try to offer, give him money. Like, hey, thank you so much, here's a tip or whatever. And he's like, Avi, no, that's insulting. I'm not, no, I was just helping you guys. So there's like this incredibly yeah. friendly culture as well. Wow. I got brought into tea tents all that, like you would be in a rural area and people would like, come have tea. And they weren't trying to sell me Roman coins, they were just saying hi. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, yeah. You get in the tent and they try to sell you Roman coins. <laughs> That's right. But a lot of them were just people <laughs> doing a kindness, a random kindness, which yeah. was great. So before uh, the, we, uh, the YouTube audience uh, goes, um, uh, oh, what is it? King what? King Mosulus. Mosulus, King Mosulus, see? Close enough. I'm gonna look that up, yeah. King Mausolus mm. that, uh, that the mausoleum was named after. So um, uh, it, we're going through these ancient towns. This is when now I'm older and I, and I got kids and we're going, that's the Mount Olympus trip. And we get to uh, Phacillus. 
And and so this is the town you read in the sign, at least they have a sign here, now they've put up signs. And they're like, this town was famous for surrendering. Okay, and I'm like, what do you mean? Okay, so you read the whole thing, they're like, oh, like for example, Alexander the Great, they heard about him, they heard he was coming, and they prepared for their surrender. They built a statue of him for when he arrived to say, ta-da, we surrender, see, we made a statue. Wow. Did they, did they know what he looked like? I don't know, I always thought that too, I'm like, how would they know what, how he, what he looked what like? Town? Did, he, did they look him up in Instagram? <laughs> right? um, it was Facilis. Okay, Facilis, okay, so once they accidentally surrendered to a pirate ship. Okay, this is, <laughs> I, I read it on the side, okay. So a pirate ship comes up their cove or whatever stream, whatever, and they're like, oh, we surrender, and they're like, we were just coming for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're like, oh man, this town is so weak sauce, I can't believe it. So you drive a little longer and you get to Xanthos. So this is all in Turkey, these are all ancient towns, right? You get to Xanthos, they have a beautiful amphitheater, it's a big town, and they never surrender, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I like these guys better, never <laughs> surrender, right? Once they get invaded by a much larger army, there's 30,000 people in the town. Uh, three people survive oh. because they they wouldn't surrender under any circumstances. <laughs> another time they, they were visiting from the other town. Yeah, another time, <laughs> ten thousand people or something. You know, this is my recollection of the signs that were there, and uh, don't surrender. Every man, woman, and child gone. Okay, so then I was like. Facilis, Facilis. <laughs> okay, yeah. I knew they were onto something. <laughs> Great evolutionary development. The surrender move. I like it. <laughs> humanity. I, I like. They were Facilis, the original Democrats. I like that. Preemptive pre pre surrender. <laughs> yes. I like that everybody in the town dies. And then the people come and like build up that town, and those people inherit the same like fear of surrender or like lack of surrender. You think it would be passed out, but through the generations, but there's no next generation to inherit. It just seems like that town keeps not surrendering. That's right, yeah. because they already got wiped out. I thought the same exact thing, Brett. I'm like, how did that culture survive? There's only three dudes left, <laughs> yeah. and they told the story of how cool it was not to surrender. <laughs> right? That's crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, YouTube guys, we're gonna lose you here, but if you remember you get the whole show we we still haven't really talked to Matt about his career or anything so we're going to show a clip from Veep and and to talk about how he got started so tyt.com/join to become a member and podcast guys stay right here we got a whole another half an hour for you guys okay so let's go to that let's go to that Matt so we got a clip from Veep so I'm I love Veep Love it. The main reason I love it is the cursing. Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's super funny, Beautiful. but the cursing is, it's, you know what it is? Funny enough, it's kind of Turkish because Turks are known for their cursing. Oh. Colorful cursing. Oh, you know, your mom had sex with a donkey while I was having <laughs> sex with your sister. Like, like what? Wow. That's right? a very strong curse. That, that could almost make Veep. Yes. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> okay. So let's watch a clip from me. I wouldn't be doing my job, Madam President, yes. if I didn't ask the question that's on everybody's mind. Is that a new hairstyle? And your ex-husband Andrew is about to be indicted in the Southern District of New York, which is not a question, actually. Well, what we really should be talking about is Senator Talbot's husband and the longstanding accusations against him. Oh, mm -hmm. let's go with that one. That sounds juicy. Plus his tax evasion. Wait, Senator Talbot's husband is cheating on his taxes? Well, that's what people are saying. How is nobody looking into this? I mean, why uh, isn't the press covering this? Are they biased against you? Well, you said it, not me, but I also say it. You know, it's getting so you can't believe anything the media says about anyone's husband. Yeah. It's really a treat for me to come on a show that's fair and impartial. <laughs> when does this air? Well, it's streaming now. Oh, I see. And what time will that be? <laughs> <laughs> so Matt on the show is Mike McClintock, and he works for the print edition of BuzzFeed, <laughs> which is never not fun. <laughs> <laughs> they say it throughout the show, and every time I'm like, God <laughs> damn, that's funny. <laughs> okay. So how do you feel when they cast you to play a not smart person? Uh, I love playing stupid. I think it's like the best stuff in comedy. Like people, I don't know, I think of like Will Ferrell or Zach Galifianakis. They play really good dumb guys. And I think there's, I don't know, Jerry Lewis. I think there's great, great uh, resources in stupidity. 
I, you know what I mean for comedy? Yeah, I totally. If I was as long a, as you can make it believable and like sell it in a believable way, I love it. If I was an actor, I'd definitely play a dumb guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if when I was you an actor. When, when you, <laughs> did they come to you for Veep or did you have no, to audition for I you? had to audition, yeah, oh. we all, except for Julia, we all were cast through a series of like running a gauntlet of like three or four auditions that led to the final uh, meeting at HBO where they where you go in a conference room and you meet your corollary, like you and I are both auditioning for Mike mm -hmm. and you know him, he's a, he's a friend of mine. Dan Bacadal actually auditioned for Mike, so we were in the final like cage match for Mike and then you go in and there's like, 10 HBO execs and then Armando and Julia and uh, it was very, and then you also sign away your uh, commitment. So before you go in that room, uh, actors have to commit to whatever success. If you, if the show is success, here's your deal for the next X amount of years. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. I don't know. It's a, it's a ridiculously unfair thing is what it is. But anyway, the, uh, <laughs> do you sweat, after going through that gauntlet, do you sweat? I mean, is that, that seems like the longest sweat ever, you know what I mean? And and that, that there's an awkwardness, isn't there, when you're you know you're there with the other guy, even though you know him? Well, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It's like sports, though. It's like you know the game. Like if you're a boxer, it's like one of us is going to get the job. It's not personal. Sure. Like, but sure. some people, I think comedians in general are decent folk. They really are. They they have humility. You know, there's not as much mind gaming to it. It's just like, hey, man. Oh, this is great. This sucks. All right. Well, you're gonna get it, and you know, you're gonna get it. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I don't know that I agree with that uh, about the comedians. Um, <laughs> how about sketch performers? <laughs> okay, maybe. Maybe. So because I love how Jake weighs in on something he has no an idea about. Oh, right? oh, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I agree with that. Yeah. Well, that's our Jake. If I, if I, that's fine. Yeah. If I didn't weigh in on things I don't know about, would we even have a network? <laughs> so, Fair enough. Um, no, because all, like not all, but a lot of the comedians I've met are deeply bitter people. But think of like stand-up being its own horse, like it's yeah. its own breed of animal. Take that and have that association. I yeah. think sketch people, improv people, people come out of UCB or second city, I'm tweeting my own business yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, people who grow up in the collaborative art form of sketch or improv, I think they're a little more less bitter. I think they're much less bitter. Yeah, I, as a okay. oh, that's interesting. I, I will no. accept that compromise. They're team players, you know, they have to be. It's a, right. especially in improv, you, you have to relinquish your idea to receive somebody else's and then build it together spontaneously. What was the film recently where uh, it's a, it, it takes place as though everybody's auditioning for SNL or, you know uh, what I'm thinking of, right? Mike Birbiglia made yes, it. Right yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That is inside the, the world of improv, yes. Yeah. Yes. Because they're they're both pulling for each other, and also there's a kind of you know everybody wants to get on oh, the big yeah. show. Oh yeah, it's you a know? big shot. Like yeah. going in for Veep was a huge. Like I was super excited because Armando did the uh, thick of it, thick of it, and loop. Alan Partridge stuff, which is oh, what I yeah. love. He was on the early days of that. He was one of the founders of that uh -huh. show, Steve Coogan, and that's one of my favorite all-time you know comedy characters. That, that's a perfect character. So I was really excited to get it. So I totally wanted it. Of course, and you get anxious, and you try not to like get overthink it, and yeah, it's a brutal, but it's it's part and parcel to being an actor. Like sure. you always have to go through that. Did you feel good about it? And does that ever have any effect on whether you get the part? <laughs> well, I think you read the reaction. Like Armando was receptive to improv, and I remember I was talking about this the other day. I remember like on my so my second audition, I met Julia. And she was awesome. She was like totally game, wanted to play, wanted to loosen up the dialogue and whatever you gave her, she could throw it back. And she was kind in a way that like made me at ease. I'm sure she was like that to everyone in the beginning. And then, so that helped. So we had chemistry from the get go. But I also remember like doing one audition with somebody and that person just never let me talk. And I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna get this job. Because they were like, this is mine, I want this, I want this. And there was no room for me to throw it in, but Armando, Knew what good improv was, or knew what good comedy was, and lo and behold, I got I got another shot. In the same ten minutes later, he brought me back with another pairing. Uh -huh. So he's so he gave me faith that oh, he's watching all of our choices. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So you get a sense of like at the very least, if I make something smart and funny, he'll appreciate it. I won't maybe guaranteed to get the job, but I know what he likes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So I was every successive audition, I was dialing in closer to his tone. And obviously, like Julia was dictating tone by the way she performed. So you're sort of intuiting, like, oh, this is amazing. Like, so you trust the feedback you're getting that way.
Yeah. So how close, you did the audition process, you saw all those things. How close was what the first season ended up being to that process of auditioning and what they showed you through that part of the process? It was pretty accurate. The one thing I'll say is like as Veep has gone on, there's like less improv. Like in the beginning, Armando wanted our take as Americans on the specific idiosyncrasies of the characters and language choices they made. So we would improvise scenes because they would hear things, Oh, that's how an American would say it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they were hungry to hear what we had to say. But by the end of it, we owned those characters and the games were so clear and the, and the flaws of each character were so clear that we didn't need to use improv anymore to sort of develop or explore. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it, look seriously, guys. I'm not saying this because Matt's on the show. You got to watch Veep. It's hilarious. It's so yeah. good. Okay, it's good. so let's talk about how you guys started. I, I'm always obsessed with that. If asking about it. So first of all, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Chicago. Okay, so I, I think we, I forget if we talked about this already. So <laughs> you're a good student, bad student. You play tennis. You play football. Average student, one of seven, uh, right in the middle, three older brothers. So I think I discovered comedy as a way to distract them from pummeling on me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, I, think yeah. it was a, I truly think it was a survival mechanism because I've been asked this before. Yeah. And so I did a lot of pranks or a lot of ridiculous things to distract them from like wanting to beat up on me or something. And did you actually? Uh, I wasn't really, an, I was an athlete because we were always playing things in the yard or whatever, but I wasn't a great athlete. Like I played uh -huh. football. In high school, I played uh, gymnast. I was in gymnastics for two years in high school, which is insane. I had a backflip in high school, which is insane. Wow, that's about. pretty yeah. cool. How did you choose gymnastics? Ago. A buddy of mine was doing gymnastics, and he's like, "You want to do gymnastics?" I'm like, "Sure." That's how I choose. <laughs> that's how I chose my college. I didn't apply to college anywhere, and my buddy's like, "Are you going to go to college?" And it was like April. Uh huh. <laughs> I took the wow. ACT. <laughs> yeah. Well, my parents, I think their plan was like, he'll just go to junior college, like his two older brothers. Uh -huh. And then we'll figure it out. And then I applied to Northern Illinois late, and I got in. So I wasn't a great student, but I'm, uh -huh. but I'm good at things I care about, obviously. Yeah, like yeah. all of us. Yeah. So I'm always amazed by that because so I come from immigrant family, obviously, and my dad was an olive farmer, and then got a free college education and became an engineer and then a business owner. So in his world. Education is everything. Yeah. College is the most non-negotiable. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to be an olive farmer, right? Yeah. So, 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 like for him, like from when I was in second grade, books, like, books, books. Yeah, and he's, I'd get a 98, and he'd be like, "What happened to other two? <laughs> right? How many children? How many children? In your uh, family? Two, two. See, we had room for multiple failures with seven children." <laughs> You know what I mean? That's, that's a lot with bigness. Yeah. That's a lot of One of us could be a shining student, yeah. and six could fail. Yeah. So I think they were ha no. They they made sure we did homework. Like we did like I think we did Catholic schools till I was like in fifth grade, and then we moved to the burbs, and then good schools. But in general, yes, you had to do your schoolwork, but it wasn't that kind of pressure. It wasn't that kind of pressure. Like the only way out is academics. I think one thing they instilled in us was like an agrarian family. Kind of mentality, like you. I had a job when I was like seven years old, delivering that penny paper on the things. Oh sure. And then I'd get a, like a six dollar and fifty cent check every month, and I would kick half of it upstairs to dad. <laughs> oh really? Wow. Yeah. He was like, like everybody. What is he? The crime boss of the family? Well, that's how we operated. Like yeah. my dad. My dad had a job, but that's exactly what we did. My brothers had a job at like Pizza Hut. Half yeah. the money went to the family. So oh, we wow. kind of like had that work ethic. Like everybody had jobs early on in high school, and if you weren't in a sport, you were you had a sense of like we are all responsible for this family working. So it's we had it cool slightly actually. different. Yeah, so that was the strictness we got. Yeah, my my dad um, ran the scam in a slightly different way. So he would hire us, and I started working when I was twelve or whatever in like construction. So yeah. it was the old days. I don't know if there were rules, but whatever. And I'd carry asbestos. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm carrying sheetrock. I'm a twelve year old carrying sheetrock up flight five flights of stairs. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and my dad would say, Okay, look, I give you two dollars an hour. Okay. Uh, now minimum wage little higher, but I give under table, you get better deal. Yeah. <laughs> no taxes, no like, social security. I'm, like, like, I'm 12. Like, what am I? Like, <laughs> no. It's under the table. It's illegal. Like, yeah, like your dad, too. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. This well, is not a negotiation. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I no. love that he gratuitously threw in, like, don't worry, it's a better deal when you take taxes. <laughs> what difference does it make? I don't have a choice anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
I think he was mainly justifying it to himself. Yeah. And then I, I had to work to buy myself a bicycle. And so put in 50 hours, I, I got a bike. It was 100 bucks back then. I, I worked another 50 hours and I got a black and white TV. That's how old I am. Yeah. A little black and white TV, I put it in my room and I was like, yes. Like I felt so good that I could watch wrestling. And I'm so terrible oh. with my kids with that stuff. Uh -huh. About like that, like. 50 hours equals you can get the TV. Like when we go out, I'm like, I'll get it for you. Like, I, <laughs> it's unfortunate. Like I don't have, I don't do them because yeah. it's just easier than to keep track. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I do. So I, it's funny. I've become my dad in a couple of ways. First of all, literally today, this morning, Pro's excited. He's my son. He's eight years old, and he comes. He's like, "Baba, baba, I got, uh, I got a 93 on a test." I'm like, "Oh, that's pretty good." Where did the other seven go? Right. Seven? Okay. Yeah, I did. Ooh. Okay, but I say it with more of a wink and a nod. Yeah. I'm like, "All right, I'm proud of you, kiddo." But let's work on the other problems. Okay. Yeah. And he, so, uh, but with my kids, I do a point system. So. Uh, I'm like, look, I'm a, I'm a capitalist, right? I'm a huge progressive, but I'm a capitalist. I believe in incentives and disincentives. So, so I'm like, okay, I don't know when I came up with it or how I came up with it, but I was like, they did something wrong. And I'm like, I wanna minus something from you. I'm like, oh, they don't have anything. I have to give them something and then minus it, mm -hmm. okay? So I was like, okay, pro, we're doing math, okay? And then he does five math problems and I give him a point. And he's like, what's the point? I'm like, you'll see. And then he accumulates like five points, and then we go outside. I'm like, oh, look at that, the Pokemon pack is five bucks. Okay, that's five points. And he's like, oh. Points are dollars. Points are dollars, <laughs> they figured it out years later. <laughs> <laughs> like I started when he was five oh, or something, oh. at seven, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> then he taught his younger sister, he's like, the points are dollars, <laughs> just dollars. <laughs> So, but when then they don't go to sleep or they don't go to shower or brush their teeth, I'm like, all right, it's gonna be a minus point. They're like, okay, wait, 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 I gotta get the Pokemon thing. Okay, I got it, I got it. And so that's actually worked really, really yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Don't let do them that. meet Matt's kids because Matt's no. kids get, yeah. <laughs> they get allowance and they don't really do much at the house. We're not super strict yet. Yeah. How old are the kids? Uh, 11, 9, and 7. My oldest boy is, he's a great, he's, Probably setting the trend. He's so good. Like he reminds me. Like when we leave a car to go somewhere, and there's a sign that says like we're not responsible for stolen items. He's like, Dad, are they going to steal stuff from our car? Lock your car. Like he's oh, very wow. law-abiding and conscientious. And I'm like, what? Oh yeah, I should lock the car. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm a little flightier than my oldest boy. <laughs> in great. truth, you're yeah. In truth, so he's really organized, and his word is golden. Like if he says he's going to do it, he does it. So I think that's oh, that's great coming out of the gate. And then the second guy is kind of an animal. He'll be a rug player, he's built and he's thick and he's yeah. funny and he's probably boot chugging something right yeah. now. No. It's like boot chug, chug chocolate milk boot chug. He's on a trip with his class at the Grand Canyon. He's probably boot chugging at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Right so yeah, no, I got lucky too. My son is extraordinarily honest. Oldest? Though, yeah, yeah, same yeah. with Jude, yeah, yeah, same yeah. my oldest. So boy. I'll be like, uh, what'd you have, 12 points? He's like, no, I had 11. Yeah, right. Wow. Like the little one, my daughter, who's six. I'm like, what'd you have? Twelve. She's like, no, twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you treat the kids, the different, the older one, the younger one, any different that you notice, or does it just seem to shake out that way? I think it's well. First one's its own magic. Like you've never had a kid before, so you're figuring it out. It's also you're so impressed that you have a beautiful thing in your house. A little bit, but. Uh, I think he, for my in my case, I think it's his personality. I think he's like one of these like good law-abiding people, like that no. won't work for that. He'll just own that. You know what I mean? He's a good. He's super conscientious in the best way. Like you would love to know him because he's a good guy. He's not a jerk in any way. It sounds like Mark Thompson. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Mark Thompson That's as a correct. kid. We're a rare breed. <laughs> Were you always a pretty good kid? Uh, uh I. He's a pretty good adult. I don't <laughs> know. How he's adult. Yeah, I got that. I yeah. wasn't a bad kid though. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But I really, do. I have more of an, like an, an unwavering ethic as an adult, probably. Yeah. 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 So I, it's yeah. I, to answer your question, Brad, both I know from experience with my kids and and me and my sister. No, it's really it's we. I'd love to take credit. Right. It's really nature. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously a combination, but mainly nature. Yeah. And like my older, I have an older brother, and that's it. And he's exactly like you ex describe your older kids. Is my brother? His nickname from his like history teacher was Dear Heart. Like he's just 
Oh my God! He's a district attorney, like he is law-abiding, but he'll just. Gerhard sounds a little predatory for a teacher to call a boy. No, 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 no. Is he grooming that boy? Oh, she. She's like a nice. She. Sorry. Well, I mean, this is before. Yeah, yeah. How dare me to stereotype? But yeah, this is before all the sting operations. Sorry. We're all afraid. But no, he's like that, and then I was. Just kind mischievous, of, yeah, yeah, just like that. And my mom described it as with the first kid, she was like, "Well, I have to feed him one Cheerio at a time. This is the time we do it." And my brother just kind of had those that form to his life. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it was like, "Here, take your Cheerios," and I was just like, "Yeah, it's been my leisure." <laughs> well, there is true, like you coast a little more because the, the the systems are in place by the time the second kids are. You have, you don't have to figure yeah. out as much, so it is like. Oh, easy. When you're first giving a baby, like, can I give him this? And then the second kid's like, here, here's yeah. the box. Yeah, you don't just out. choke. 100%. Yeah. But with my daughter, it wasn't like, here's the box. She'd already taken it. Ah. <laughs> her, her nickname is uh, Squirrel because she's a sneaky squirrel. Ah. Uh, there's a sneaky squirrel game, and I'm like, oh my god, that's named after you. Okay. Uh. <laughs> and so I still call her Squirrel. But when it, me and my sister were growing up, it, we had this weird dichotomy where I was incredibly quiet at home. And my sister was loud and brash, and and yeah, and, and here's another part of Turkish culture, which is kind of funny and weird. It's I'm married to someone who's Chinese and uh, grew up in Taiwan, totally different culture. So in Turkish culture, if you are outspoken and uh, kind, not a brat, but like unruly, hard to control, if they're like ah, smart. This one's really smart, right? Yeah. So everybody thought my sister was so smart because she'd wreck the place. Like she'd come <laughs> in and she'd be like, boom, 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 boom. And everybody would be like, God it's exactly. They're like, whoa, you got an ice sign on your hands, right? And so, why is that me, smart? I know, why? <laughs> I don't know. To this day, like my mom, she won't say it and she'll be so upset when I say this, but she definitely thinks my daughter's smarter. Because <laughs> wow. since she's sneaky, she's like, she knows. <laughs> like, and she's always like, so smart. Right? So that's the culture I grew up in. So since I was the nice kid at home, they're like, not that bright. Not that bright. Right. And so he would make for a good person who plays dummy on as an actor. <laughs> so no, seriously, I remember one day, I remember this, we were at my grandmother's house and my uncle walks into the kitchen where me and my mom were and I had finally made like one point, I had said a thing where the adults were. I don't remember if I was 11, eight, I don't remember, right? But my uncle goes, you know what? Yeah, maybe the kid's smart. <laughs> Just <laughs> like that. that long. They like, never would have thought. Like they, but it, because it was the first time it had ever occurred to any of them. <laughs> like they all assumed I was a total idiot. And so he's like, maybe, I mean, it sounds crazy that a quiet kid would be smart, but maybe. Like we should, you know, keep an open mind. <laughs> so, and when I went to when we went to school, maybe it was because we had when we moved to America and my sister was a little older and so she had a little harder time adjusting. But I think we were the same in Turkey too. Anyway, it was complete opposite. I go to school and I'm breaking shit. I'm like, oh no, you see, Roman coins, whatever, right? And so. My sister was super quiet. So my dad, the first time he came into parent-teacher conference, uh, and he's like, okay, um, and and they say, you know, Jenks really a little bit out of hand, right? And and but your daughter's wonderful. And hmm. he's like, no, no, you have backwards. <laughs> you have backwards. Really? My daughter out of control, but really smart. <laughs> my son quiet. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Your daughter, we can't get any words out of her. And that other guy won't shut up, right? And so it's just, I don't know why we were born that way. So <laughs> it's funny, like being bold is associated with intelligence, is what you're saying. Like, yeah, kind of bold, strong. Yeah, you know, if you think about it, now that I'm thinking about it maybe for the first time, like that makes sense in Turkish culture because it's like a kind of a warrior culture. Yeah. So if you're uh, bold, like, let's go right down the down, right? Because <laughs> like, they were nomads, and so this the same. Are you Scottish or <laughs> mostly Irish? Mostly Irish. Yeah. Okay, because the Scottish and the Turks are are, are similar because they're nomadic and they they're herders. They're not farmers. 
So originally, because mm -hmm. the Turks originally came from Central Asia, the steppes of Central Asia. So they would have, so in those cultures, as I learned in Scotland, and it was like a lot of light bulbs going off as I was reading about it in Scotland, it becomes a raiding culture. So if you have to do agriculture, you bunker down and you gotta work together and you, you have to work throughout the year. You have to plant, you have to harvest, etc. And it's not as easy to steal. Whereas in nomadic herding cultures, you're like, oh, that dude's got goats. We got three, he's got two, let's go pick them up, right? <laughs> and let's take all cool, those goats. Neat. Right? And so that's why in Central Asia, there's this old tradition that, and we, in fact, we did a story about it on the Young Turks. That's left over, that's terrible, but it's from the old days. So I think it's in like Kyrgyzstan still exists a little bit where they go and kidnap a woman and and take her as a bride. And so in the old days, that's what they did. They're like, I need to get married. They're like, oh, which town should we go and kidnap a girl from? Really? Right? So but now in the modern world, like, no, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And 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 they say, no, heritage, that's my culture. And it reminds me a little bit of the South. Like, what do you, what do you mean? It's my culture, it's my heritage, right? And there's some part of heritage Yikes. that sucks. You should kind of change it, right? Mm -hmm. So, so anyway, maybe that's where rewarding boldness comes from. In Interesting, thinking. yeah, hmm. yeah. And in yeah. Turkey, everybody thinks they're the Sultan, right? Because oh, yeah. Yeah, since the Turks had this enormous empire for so long, there's this kind of privilege that came from it. So that's why I'm in a really interesting spot, and I can understand all sides of of, of the. Different cultures in America. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. It's just like random, right? Because on the one hand, I'm a minority in America. On the other hand, the Turks were the majority and the ruling class, where you know for such a long time. And so the Kurds are the minority and oppressed in Turkey, and the Turks oppress so many people in their empire. So I actually see both perspectives. Mm -hmm. When I was in Ephesus on this like trip with the or on this like tour with this guy. The way he described Turkish history was one, just like he was like, yeah, that's where Mary was born, that's where she died, this is the oldest library in the universe. And then he was also talking about trying to get into like, I forget if it was NATO or some like world organization, some kind of recognition. But the oh, way EU, he- the EU, the EU, that's what it was, he's like, we're trying to get into the EU, uh, we'll see about that, I don't, I don't think we deserve it. <laughs> like he was just yeah. like, we've done some, We've done some stuff. It was just like this weird, like <laughs> it was like this weird thing. Like if they let us in, that'd be great. But uh, does we'll anything describe past. Turkey better than we've done some stuff? Yeah, like that's what it was. He was like, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so that's of course not the real problem with the European Union. It's true, but the real problem with the European Union is we're Muslim, so they're not, right. we're not going to. So Turkey's actually one of the top twenty economies in the world, and is and is actually much better advanced than a lot of other European countries in the European Union. But we're Muslim, okay? <laughs> so NATO, they let us into immediately. They're like, oh, army, oh, yeah, Turks, yeah, yeah. you're in, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Right? They're like, oh, economic benefits. Mm, we got you on a wait list. By the way, we're still on the wait list. Yeah. Like for 20, 25, 30 years, we've been on that yeah. wait list. So meanwhile, they let in Estonia and you Estonia. Know, I don't know, like countries like yeah. Slovenia, where you're like, that is a country, right? Yeah. And they're like, yo, you come on in, come on in right away. Like great basketball players. Yeah. East, Eastern, East, wait, is Melania? <laughs> Melania is Slovenian. Melania is yeah, that's right. She is Slovenian. Uh, Moldova. And I'm like, you sure that's not a province? <laughs> right? It is and of the EU now. Yeah. After the Soviet Union broke up, Turkey had been trying to get into the European Union for so oh, long. Oh, wow. And they're just Soviet watching on the sidelines. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, people get ushered in. That's so totally easy. Soviet Union breaks the up. Club. And he's like trying to get into the club, and all these guys are going to the club, yeah, and the bouncer won't let you in. You got to bring an Estonian and Latvia with you. We'll let you in. Like no, but those countries, it's no fault of their own. Obviously, they were part of the, you know, they were in the sphere of the influence of the Soviet Union. Yeah. They're in disastrous shape. I mean, they they're pulverized. And the European Union, they should have said to Turkey for so long. Well, economic issues. They're like, oh, you guys. Right on in. Okay, so there were no question. It's definitely because of the Islam and all that. Yeah, and which and maybe a smaller population in Estonia than say Turkey. Like, if you're taking in 40 million people as opposed to 1 million people, it seems either easier to absorb that. Yeah, a little bit because Turkey's True. got a ton of people, right? Yes, now up to 70 million. 70 so million. that's that's. 
could be it. And Brett's right, there's some political issues and they had to outlaw the death penalty and they struggled with that, although we still, America has the death penalty, yeah. etc. But come on, yeah. let's keep it real. I'm sure, yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm sure that's I it, mean, yeah. Cuz they're the- Christianity doesn't want the Muslims in their Totally. It used to be essentially a secular government, though, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Even though the you know I understand that uh, uh, there's a strong strain of, of Muslim faith, but the government. I mean, it was really a no, shining no, light of secularism, but it's not that way anymore. Well, look, it was arguably, and I don't even think the it's other much thing, of an Sorry to interrupt you. Ataturk was in every cafe. The guy's yep. picture <laughs> yeah, from yeah. 19. When was he? Whatever. Uh, 1923 yeah. is when he takes over. That yeah. picture, that 1930s photo was in <laughs> every establishment. The same photo? Ataturk. Yeah, yes. yeah then the man Ataturk, which means Papa Turk, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like the father of Turks. Yes. So, yeah. uh, like, we had founding fathers in America, right? George Wise, Thomas Jefferson, you could mix it up, yeah. throw a little Ben Franklin in there, not actually a president. Yeah. But a founding father. And in Turkey, there was just this guy. Yeah, they're like <laughs> that guy. Yeah. So, they, so, I don't know if I want to get into all that, but he he did rescue the country. Like there was, we were occupied by six different countries, and Greece had invaded, and and was going to take half of Turkey because they're like, hello, Lycian Empire. That's not you guys. That's us. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. we're taking this back. And Ataturk beat them back, and so he was just like an, a hero that you cannot imagine. Yeah. So to Mark's point, though, after um, he wins that incredible series of military battles, which is to this day studied at West Point. Like if I ever talk to anyone that's gone to West Point, they're like, "Oh, you know how to jerk? Oh man, that what he did to the Greeks." <laughs> which Amazing. I like. It's <laughs> good, good, right? Okay. Anyway, militarily at least. So, um, so but he when he gets into power, he decides. Yeah, I don't like all this uh, Muslim caliphate and we're the head of the Muslim uh, religion, etc. We're getting rid of all that. And the fezes, they look funny, get rid of that. We're putting on Western hats, Western suits. We're changing our alphabet, uh, our, our script from Arabic script to Latin script, okay? And and you're not even allowed to wear a headscarf into courtrooms, uh, hospitals, etc., etc. if you're a doctor. and and so he and he wrote uh, being secular into the constitution and it was the most secular government that has ever existed because mm -hmm. he was trying to get rid of the influence of religion very actively whereas in america the founding fathers didn't like religion a lot of them were theists and not christians etc and they're like but they made it more subtle like and let's let's not mix the two right mm -hmm. like, like that seems like a bad idea right whereas other was like no we're done with that we're moving on to this and we're going to be modern, and so. But uh, that, but that just recently has started. Yeah, recently. Well, Erdogan and and Fethullah Gülen, the, the other guy. Now they're fighting, thank God. Uh, but before they were a team, and they're both Muslim fundamentalists, and and so they started taking down pictures of Ataturk, which uh, in Turkey is unimaginable. Yeah, yeah hero. Yeah, huge hero. Mm -hmm. Of but, course. But the but the but the Muslim fundamentalists don't like him. Because he took religion right. out of government, right? right? So Erdogan's trying to put religion back into government. So he's like, oh, maybe we take half the pictures down, okay? <laughs> and maybe we put up some pictures of me. Yeah, I'm right. a good-looking guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so yes, they've gone in a more Muslim direction. In fact, you see it in the streets. Culture is an amazing thing, and and when you have a leader that's instituting a culture, now when I went back to Turkey, there's so many more women with headscarves on. Like when I was growing up, nobody had headscarves. Like maybe yeah. some older ladies from the old days. And if you saw a woman in a headscarf, she was minimum 70, right? Uh, nowadays, though, there's like all these young women around. And I'm like, well, when did all the Arabs get here? And I'm not trying to be, look, I got a woman with a headscarf on my shirt, okay? But like culturally, Arabs had headscarves and Turks didn't. And so they're like, no, no, Jake, those are Turks. They're all sort of putting on headscarves. It was like, and, and for secular Turks, <laughs> I literally see them go, Allah which means may God damn them oh, wow. <laughs> for putting on a headscarf. Jesus. Yeah, right. So there's this giant culture clash going on in yeah. Turkey right now. Wow. Yeah. What percentage of the people wearing the headscarf? Like, or now, like doing like, all that? Like, what percent? I don't know. I'm going to make up a number 22%. 22%. Now. Whereas before it would have been like 2%. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the majority are they like you know whatever the words you said were? Yeah, in the cities. <laughs> so I don't know what it is in the hinterlands. Yeah. Right. But I know in Istanbul, the majority is still like, and in fact, Erdogan just lost in Istanbul. Oh, really? So the the city elections in Turkey are super important because the great majority of the population is in the big cities. And Erdogan had been the mayor of Istanbul, and the cities are so important that the prime minister went from prime minister to running for mayor of Istanbul. Oh, wow. Oh. Right, and he he was in Erdogan's party and lost. So, but the main reaction was, oh my God, we still have a democracy. Like, holy right. cow, we thought they were rigging the elections, but he actually lost. That's amazing. So we felt pretty good about that. Okay. okay. I, I got a Matt Walsh question. Yes. Okay, it's not related. Sorry, James. You guys, you guys. auditing the goddamn college course on Turkish history. We're going to have the Turkish history. So, Matt, how many people on Veep wear headscarves? No. No. Well, uh, <laughs> Selena Meyer was dating a Muslim guy. Uh, yes. yes, a prince. Uh, yes. No, Matt. What I was going to ask you is, you know, as the show has, of course, now it's a super hit show. But you know, as it began to get visibility, it was pretty popular. I, I feel like it was pretty popular in the early going, though. Too, yeah. it kind of came out fast. But so cross pollinating with the politicos, like the real uh, political people, the, the Washingtonians who are lawmakers and stuff. What uh, what is that like? What's the reaction? And 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 what experience have you had with all of that stuff? You know, uh, right out of the gate, it's like if we made a show about starting a small network. Like it's everybody in DC loves our show because it's about what they do every day. And one of the things that we glorified, or I think it's a workplace comedy. So we gave credit to all those people behind the scenes who are constantly getting kicked and yelled at and thrown under the bus. But supporting, you know, propping up Selena or propping up whoever. Sure. So it's a it's a peek behind that, and I think those people really appreciate how we characterize some of these leaders and how brutal they are to the people who work for them and try to help them. So, so yeah, one more question about that before the first hour is up. Um, do people come up to you and be like, "Oh, it's totally true," or like, "Oh, come on, totally guys. true." Yeah, out of the gate, everybody's like 100% accurate. Like that's one of the things. <laughs> first year out of the gate, like in an airport, you would see somebody. I work in D.C. I'm an assistant to a senator. Exactly right. Like so many people I've met right out of the gate. So the show captured the truth, and it's a credit to the the way they created the show. They they have field trips every year to D.C. or they bring experts in, and they want the nitty gritty and they want the stuff that like is truthfully like our first year. We had drinks with all the staffers and got them a little tipsy, and then they started to download the real deal, like how <laughs> bills get made, or what's this like, or what's that like. And so, uh, warm reception right out of the gate, and then it's just grown, especially from the DC people. Was Selena Meyer modeled after Amy Klobuchar? No, I don't think she was. On the, people she always think really she was like it was right after Palin. Yeah, people think it was a. It's not. She's not. an amalgam of whatever Julia wants to choose from. No. Quite honestly, yeah, and uh, and what the cre- the creators had in mind, yeah. All right, uh, okay, uh, podcast folks, much love. TYT.com slash join, get the whole hour and a half. But uh, we do give you a full podcast here. Uh, rate the podcast, uh, go, go uh, put a headscarf woman on your shirt, uh, shop TYT.com, um, and, uh, and, and do whatever else you're gonna do, much love. Thanks for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today, you'll love it. Join now at TYT.com slash join.